Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on, and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free, or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review if it suits your fancy. Uh, Five stars would be nice. We like a little love now and again. So I've got a great guest for you. We're going to talk about what he does and a new podcast that he's launching on the line from the law firm of Berkman, Butcher, Newman, and Shine. It is attorney Evan Shine is here in the virtual studio. Good morning. It's great to, uh, great to be with you. I'm glad you're here. The virtual crowd is on its feet. And you you uh, informed me that I was mispronouncing the name of your law firm. So I, I, I just I have this terrible feeling that I just did it again. So can you say it, please? Sure, absolutely. It's uh, Berkman, Botker, Newman, and Shine. Yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, Botker. You, you know what? You were not the first to, okay. uh, to mispronounce it, but it's all good. It's okay. all good. Well, good. So Evan is a uh, New Yorker. Are you in your office right now in the city? I am. We are coming live to uh, from Midtown Manhattan in uh, New York City. Yeah, um, I'm glad there's at least one person there who's working right now. <laughs> Although, you know, we as we record this, there's uh, news that Pfizer has come up with a vaccine for the coronavirus they're quite confident about. So that pretty soon, uh, we think maybe, hopefully, knock on wood, places like Manhattan would be back to normal. Are you optimistic? You know what? I woke up this morning, 530 I went out from my usual run in Central Park, sat down with a cup of coffee, and I saw the great news about the potential vaccine. Mm. You know, what a way to start a Monday morning. A lot of news over the weekend with the election, but waking up, having the cup of coffee and hearing, you know, the the news. And I think, look, let's be optimistic. You know, let's see what happens over the next several months. I think all of us could use a little bit of optimism in our lives right now. So uh, it was definitely good to read that. Yeah, you said it. I mean, it's been long enough that we've had good news, never mind maybe two pieces of good news. And I know uh, our listeners here are can quite possibly be all over the political spectrum. But, man, it was a historic night on Saturday night, and it does feel like there's just some goodness in the air for once. It's such a frustrating year. So Evan is a family law attorney, and soon to be launching a podcast that will appear on our website pod617.com and everywhere you find podcasts called shine on and uh it won't be just your usual drab uh divorce law podcast i know this because evan and i have been plotting and talking about it but tell me uh right off the bat what your inspiration was for this show and what listeners can expect 
David, I got to tell you, and you know this because we've, you know, been planning this, you know, throughout 2020. Mm. I'm excited. I'm fired up. You're right. I don't want this to be your typical divorce podcast. How to get divorced, why to get divorced. You know, as you said, I'm a matrimonial family law attorney in New York City. And what I really want to do is give people an inside look, right, into marriage, into money, into the world of divorce. I want to pull back the curtain. I want people to know what, what really happens inside a courtroom. What really happens at the negotiation table? You know, divorce is one of those things. And the same thing with marriage. Everybody thinks they, they know, right? Everybody likes to play the role of a divorce attorney. And with this podcast, and, you know, I have the benefit of working with phenomenal experts, right, in, you know, in, in finance, in law, in sports, in entertainment. Mm. We are going to have guests, experts live on the podcast, really to break down the issues that I see on a daily basis in the divorce world. You know, and I see it before people get married. I see people, you know, why, you know, while they're married. And I see these issues pop up when people are going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. What is it that most people, most people get wrong about divorce cases and maybe about, you know, the court, we think of courtroom drama as being just that. And you see the things behind the scenes. You see, you hear the things all your clients tell you that maybe don't get to the courtroom. What are some misconceptions around it? You know, look, you know, the reality is, you know, I live and breathe the world, the divorce, marriage and money. I love what I do. And I have the benefit of seeing, you know, people's lives, you know, re really what happens, you know, inside people's bedrooms, you know, what happens inside, you know, people's homes and inside people's apartments, you know, you know, what works and what doesn't and why things unfold the way they do. You know, what, what I see, the, the misconceptions are, you know, it, it, it's it's going to be over tomorrow. You know, mm -hmm. the misconception is going to be you file for divorce and the next day you are divorced. You know, and what I tell people is it's a process and it's not easy. And as it relates to quarantine right now and the pandemic, you know, people are struggling. People are struggling financially. People are struggling emotionally. People are locked in the same apartment, the same house. And it's challenging. And people are looking for you know, there's a lot of self-reflection that I think is happening in the world, you know, right now. Um, and I think people are, you know, thinking about, you know, what they want for themselves, what they want out of their relationship, what they want out of their marriage. And if it's not working, I think people are looking for a way to, to change that, you know, for themselves. Um, you know, and I see, you know, day in and day out. You brought up the effect of COVID on divorce. And I've talked about it a couple of times with folks on this pod. It, it's interesting to me because th this is, uh, uh, as we've said a zillion times, unprecedented times. It's the kind of year we've never seen. So when the pandemic started, did you think that your practice would change? Did, did you have a notion as to how it would change? And then how did it ultimately play out? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, the reality is people haven't spent this much time together since their honeymoon. Right. I mean, I mean, it's true. You know, I, I think if people ask themselves, you know, would, would they take the trip down the aisle if they knew they're going to be locked inside with their spouse 24 <laughs> yeah. hours? You know, I think if people answer that question, honestly, not many hands would go up. It's not, um, it's not in the vows. Typically, when you hear people, it's not, <laughs> right. you, you know, the uh, the whole till death do us part. Right. You know, I'm not really sure people contemplated 
living through this time. And but look, it, it, it's hard. You know, there's there's a lot of things that are at play. You have people back when the pandemic started, you know, March, April, May of 2020. People didn't know mm. what to expect. There was so much uncertainty in the world, right? There was uncertainty in people's lives. There was uncertainty about would kids go back to school? Right. There was financial uncertainty. There was, you know, th there were no outlets, you know, and I think one of the things that I saw is people, the outlets, the things that we enjoy, whether you're a sports fan and you love going, you know, up in Boston to Fenway Park, mm. you know, uh, you know, people love going out to restaurants. People love going out to, you know, bars or meet friends for, for lunch or for dinner. Those outlets that all of us need and crave, they didn't exist. I mean, cities shut down. You know, the world was put on pause and was put on hold. And the breaks in the things that all of us needed, they were taken away. Mm. And so what you saw is people were spending time together that they never spent before. You had people working from home, which created all sorts of stresses. You had kids learning virtually, you know, and how to log on to Zoom. You know, and I, I you know, I, I think, you know, for anyone who did not know, you know, what Zoom was before 2020, now you do. Yeah. And now you need to figure it out for yourself, for work, and you need to figure it out for your kids. And so there was a lot going on for everybody. And, you know, you saw people, you know, you saw a spike, you know, you saw a spike in divorce, you saw tension in relationships. But one of the things that I saw, and it's fascinating, mm. people who thought they were in great marriages, good relationships. Mm -hmm. They realized that maybe they're not. Yeah, nowhere <laughs> to not. hide. Yeah. Nowhere to hide the well, that, strife. That, yeah. That's the, that's yeah. the thing, which is that there was nowhere to hide. Yeah. You know, there was nowhere to hide. There was not that, you know, ball game to go to. There was not that restaurant open to, to have a beer with, you know, with mm -hmm. your friend or, you know, go to a business dinner. Those things didn't exist. And so what you saw is people who thought, hey, you know what? Life's pretty good. You yeah. know, what they realized is, you know what? Maybe their relationship needs a little bit of work. Yeah, and the, the other thing that was interesting about it was it, it hit me that a lot of, I mean, you know this, most divorces do not end 100% amicable and agreeable. And oftentimes, let's let's call a spade a spade, there's infidelity involved and there's a, you know, a, a third person sort of in the mix, whether that's, you know, um, never discovered by the other spouse or whatever. During My point is, during the pandemic, it, it must have s struck quite a blow against infidelity because you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't uh, say, you know, if you were seeing somebody on the side, you, you can't say, I'm, I'm going out for beers with the boys tonight because there is no, there is no more beers with the boys. There is no, there are no more Yankee games where you got to take the train home and get home at one thirty AM. And so I, I wonder if, uh, had you thought about that? I, and I don't know which way it cuts. I mean, maybe it just, it just cuts more towards, um, you know, you end the infidelity, but you realize that that was just a, a symptom of the, the marriage, which, uh, was surfacing, right? First, I got to tell you, I appreciate the uh, the Yankee Stadium reference. You know, yeah, why I got my uh, Boston <laughs> podcast, and I gave you a Fenway Park uh, shout out. So I appreciate the uh, reciprocity. Of that. <laughs> we trade it. Good business. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what, what I'll tell you, you bring up a great point, and here's it was fascinating because I see it 
day in and day out, right? You know, and you mentioned, you know, people couldn't say, I'm going to a business dinner. I'm mm. going to meet the boys and grab a beer. You couldn't do that. Mm. But people, it didn't stop them. The pandemic didn't stop infidelity. People became creative. You know, mm. I, I have situations where people would lock themselves in their rooms or their bathrooms, you know, and, and, and technology and iPads. Mm. People who were in unhappy relationships, they found a way to keep doing what they're doing. Now, that raises all sorts of other concerns and questions because with technology, you know, in the world these days, you know, someone's personal iPad is linked to the same iPad where someone's doing homeschooling. Mm. And so, you know, th there were all sorts of things that had to be taken into consideration. And trust me when I tell you, I saw it, you know, really? I, I saw it. It yeah. didn't slow people down. You know, it's one of those things. If people want to be in another relationship, if people, you know, were seeing someone on the side, trust me when I tell you the pandemic, maybe for a brief moment in time, it put things on pause. But when when things reopened, people were, uh, you know, out doing what they were doing. Before. Wow. Yeah, just virtually, I guess. But but yeah, well, thank you. Thank Thank goodness for the evils of technology allowing us to do a lot of these things. I mean, yeah, we all, I mean, I'm, I'm always sort of slightly fearful when I, you know, I'm on a zoom call do, do is the camera on me as I'm here, you know, in my boxer shorts, you know, or do I have the, and, it, and we've seen many of examples of people in embarrassing situations that need not even list them, but, but that this might be the high point of that sort of fear but for you, I imagine it's been around for years. I, I happen to catch the the movie Snowden, the movie about, um, of course, about Edward Snowden working for the NSA and making the, to him, her, horrific discovery that our government was essentially spying on everyone pretty much all the time, including things like activating their web cameras when they didn't know it. Um, so... You've been doing divorce law uh, for a while. You're a veteran of the bar, and you must you must have seen that in divorce law, of course, you know, with digital records of things like infidelity and lying and and covering up assets and things like that, it must be at a high point uh, now, right? And is that a big part of what you do? And you know, everything from you know suspicious emails to suspicious people to suspicious transfers to even things like. You know, the, the GPS in your car could, uh, by way of subpoena, show that you were someplace where you said you weren't. So what's that like? David, here's what I'll tell you. Yeah. And you hit it right in the head. Somebody's always watching. Yeah. right? Somebody's always watching. You know, and, and in recent years, whether it's been Nest cameras or Nanny cameras, you know, the, the very the, the, there's very rare instances where someone does not know that something's happening, you know, and, and I've worked with private investigators, financial experts, you know, tracing the money, tracing, you know, the alleged affair, you know, somebody will, it's, it's not uncommon for somebody to come into my office and tell me that his or her husband, wife, partner is having an affair. And, you know, w what amazes me still is that people think that they're getting away with it. And what I can tell you is that very few people are, yeah. you know, wh whether your spouse confronts you about it, whether you sit down, you know, over a bottle of wine and discuss it, whether you discuss it in therapy, you discuss it with a marriage counselor, maybe none of that happens. But believe me when I tell you that 
people, most people know, you know, most people know people aren't as smart as that, as they think they are right. when they're trying to get away with something, you know, spending extra long hours at work, you know, on, you know, on a Saturday night for mm. most people doesn't exist. And you would think that people would find better excuses, you know, for, for what they come up with. Right. Um, but the other thing that's changed and I, what I've seen in the past five years and look, I, I, I'm a trial attorney, a litigator. You know, I spend more time in the courtroom than I do my own living room uh, before COVID. Mm. But you're seeing people w- w- with the rise of social media, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, TikTok, mm. you know, people, you know, and cameras. You know, I, I've had situations where, where, where people are tagged in photos and photographs on Facebook, on Instagram you know, that they don't even know are out there. Right. But guess who does? Their spouse. Right. And so, it, you know, the, the, the world of social media has changed, you know, uh, it's changed people's lives. It's changed the divorce world. It's changed the way we gather evidence. And it's changed the way that people in the past, you know, thought they can get away with things. You know, back in the day, 30, 40, 50 years ago, it was it was a lot easier. Yeah. Let, let me say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I imagine that in most cases, your advice is to go dark or, or, or is it, I mean, you tell me, I mean, obviously every case is different. Every client is different, but what kind of advice do you give to people once they come into your office and tell you that, you know, there's uh, some conflict and there's probably a divorce coming and there's probably going to be a fight over some stuff. Is your advice to get the hell off of Facebook (laughs) because it's only going to hurt you? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I, I've never had someone, and all I do is, is family law, divorce, prenuptial agreements. I've never had somebody sit across from me in my office and tell me they're happy. Mm. Never. N- n- never once. I've never had anyone come into my office, you know, and tell me that, you know, their relationship is good. Mm. You wouldn't be in my office if that was the case. And what I tell people is this. Going through a divorce, it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it is arguably going to be one of the hardest things, if not the hardest things that you're going to go through in life. And it's a process. It's going to take a team of people to surround yourself with, to support you from your attorney, from a therapist, from a coach, from a great support system, family and friends. And, you know, as you get into the details, yeah, I'm honest, you know, and I tell people, look, if you're on Facebook, Now's the time to get off it. You know, if you're on Instagram, now's the time to probably get off it. And the reason I say it is when you go through a divorce, a high conflict divorce, your life is under a microscope, right? Mm -hmm. There is very little in a high conflict divorce that you will be able to get away with. Now, if, if your spouse or partner has a good attorney on the other side, and I always think if I represented the person on the other side, what would I do? I would look at look, look at your profile on Facebook. Look at your profile on social media. Look at your profile on LinkedIn. You know, it, 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 it amazes me still how people say they're unemployed, and yet their LinkedIn profile says they're the CEOs of, of, of businesses and companies. Right. The internet, social media has changed the divorce process. It has changed the way trial attorneys litigate mm-hmm. and the evidence that people will use you know, uh, in litigation. The world of divorce law must be a topsy-turvy one. Is Are you frequently, over the years, 
surprised by things that people tell you? Or are you to the point now where almost nothing would surprise you? It's a great question. When I first started practicing, you know, many years ago, you know, I would say, and I get asked, you know, cocktail parties, when I'm out for dinner with people, what's the craziest story you've ever seen? And I always tell people, you know, there's very few professions who can compete with my stories at, at, at events, cocktail parties. It, right. It's, you know, again, you know, I, I have an inside look into, you know, marriages, relationships, and I'm at the point now where it blends together. You know, there, there's very, there's nothing I, I would say that I hear that I'm surprised with, that I'm shocked at, you know, and this is all I do. And when you live it and you breathe it and you hear it and you go through it with your clients, you know, there's nothing that I haven't, that I can hear at this point that surprises me. But back, back in the day, you know, early on, I mean, I would hear things and see things and I would think to myself, wow, this really exists. <laughs> yeah. Because you know? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the type of thing that people don't talk about it at, you know, over lunch at Panera Bread, you know, they, they, there are things. And that's why I always say, you know, don't don't judge people by their actions when it comes to something like divorce. Or don't don't judge people on based what you know, because there's probably so much that you don't know. And and unfortunately, we're human and it's be like, oh, you know, Sandy and Steve broke up. Well, I heard I heard Sandy was cheating on him. Oh, my God. What a terrible person, you know. And I always try to catch myself and say, hey. We don't know. We don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. Would you agree? Yeah, and Dave, you make a great point. What what I've learned is, is exactly that over the years, which is no one knows what really happens inside someone's bedroom. No one really knows what someone's financial situation looks like. Right. I've had clients with expensive apartments on Park Avenue, summer houses in the Hamptons, summer houses in Massachusetts, you know, and sports cars, wine collections, you know, art, mm-hmm. you know, collections. And these people wouldn't have a dollar to their name. Really? Because everything is borrowed against. And, uh. and so if you would tell people, you know, that these two people are getting divorced, people may be in shock because they would have never expected it. But I'll tell you who's not in shock. Those two people. Yeah. Because and what it shows you or what it tells you is, you know, when the front door closes, when the apartment door, you know, is locked, it's a whole nother world, you know, from, you know, what happens inside to how people portray themselves when they're on the outside. Um, And yeah, people do it for a lot of reasons, whether it's their social circles, kids, uh, businesses, you know, I've had clients who, you know, uh, run companies and run businesses and how they presented to, to, to the world, to their employees was important, you know, and I've had people stay together for that exact reason as well. Mm. Let me ask you a question just for fun, presuming you don't have any information about it. But given that our president is going to leave office, people, pundits, have had fun speculating as to whether something might happen with his marriage. And, you know, Melania, Melania has has stood aside him dutifully. And although, you know, we all we're normal people. We look at that and we say that's kind of a strange relationship there. Uh, um, and uh I saw something this morning that was it's it's a joke. It's 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 a shot of Melania going on the internet and googling how to divorce the president, you know, but but <laughs> but um you know Trump Trump uh has been um uh straightforward I think about the his marriages in the past. We know there've been prenuptials 
Do you ever think, or among among the divorce bars, there ever speculation as to what Melania's, uh, you know, a, a prenuptial or postnuptial agreement might look like? Or what that's a great question, <laughs> and, and I've probably been asked. I, I would say no less than a half a dozen times Yo, you... <laughs> since the election w- w- was announced. You know, the winner on uh, on Saturday night. You know, are they going to get divorced? Yeah. Here's what I would say: is that I expect it at some point. Really? You know, I I, I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I expect it at some point. Who knows? You mm-hmm. know what the future will hold for either. You mm-hmm. know, uh, Melania or President Trump. Who who knows? Mm-hmm. But what we do know is this, is that, you know, there was a lot of speculation over the years, you know, while he was in the White House. And I think my guess is that there probably is an agreement for uh, that's in place, you, you, you know, mm. for the time that he's in the White House. Mm. Now that he will be out of the White House, I think that all changes. And I mm. think, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered, you know. Um, but do I expect it? You know, I do. Um, you know, and, and we'll see what happens. But I think the front that they had to put on together while he's president is not the front that they will necessarily need to present to, to, to the world once he leaves office in January. Yeah, and I think that's it's just logic and kind of reading the tea leaves is that, you know, I mean, they're not the first presidential couple, couple to awkwardly stare at each other in and and force us force a smile for a photo i know the the clintons certainly had days where they weren't particularly happy but I mean, David, uh, you're, t- you're telling me you didn't think those uh you, you know the the expressions from melania were real you think they were awkward? <laughs> <laughs> if it was even, if it was even her half the time behind those yeah, so right. behind those sunglasses no i don't believe those conspiracies i don't think there are three different melanias but but um, it, but it is interesting. I mean, you know, we see. I re, I recall the movie Dave starring Kevin Klein, which is a great comedy. But it, it has some sort of um, serious threads running through it about what the presidency is like. And you know, of course, in that movie, the president becomes incapacitated and replaced by lookalike Kevin Klein, and it's, it's funny. But before <laughs> but before we get there, there's a scene where the president, the real president, is up with his wife, played by Sigourney Weaver, and they wave to the cameras and they smile. And then the minute they go inside the White House, they go directly opposite directions with the dirty, dirty looks at each other. I guess there hasn't been uh, a first couple that has divorced after. Um, leaving office, right? I can't think it, of one. No, uh, and, yeah. and it's it's really it's going to be fascinating to watch. Here, yeah. Here's also what I, what I would say. Mm. I bet if you asked people in the inner circle, White House staffers, White House aides, if they end up getting divorced, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised. I, I think yeah. it's almost in many ways expected. You know, and, and, and with the results over the weekend. Now you're hearing that Melania is encouraging, you know, President Trump to, you know, concede the election mm-hmm. and, you know, to, to, to leave graciously. I don't think we have even hit the top of the iceberg in mm-hmm. terms of their relationship and the rockiness that will follow. Um, and again, it's it's been no it's been no secret. It's been talked about, be, you know, before they, you know, he was president while they've been in the White House. But you're right. W- w- would it surprise us or anyone, if they walked into the White House together and he went one direction and she went yeah. the other, no, it wouldn't. No, no question. Well, it would be just another first for him. He was the He's the first president to – well, I mean, he was divorced twice before he – I think Reagan was our first divorcee mm-hmm. president. 
but Trump's the first one, and uh, he, he, he'll he get divorced, and then he'll spin it in some direction, saying, I was never really happy with her in the first place or something. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, no, you're right, and David, I'll, I'll tell you something else yeah. that is coming out the past week or so um, in terms of the election, in terms of politics, as it relates to, to, to relationships and couples. This, you know, with everything going on in the world, the pandemic, an election year, divorce, November, December, holidays, I'll throw that into the mix. Mm. This has been a stressful year for everybody. And then you add in a political election in the middle of this. And regardless of who you voted for, you know, what side, you know, somebody may fall on, you know, when it comes to relationships and marriages, you know, people often don't see eye to eye on politics. And there's always a question I find, and I, I see it a lot. You know, do you talk about politics in your household or do you not? Do you talk about it with your kids? If you have a different political view from your spouse, you know, how do you address it? You know, if, whether it's from watching the news channel, you know, and one person wants to watch one channel and one person wants to watch the other. Politics and elections take a toll on marriages and relationships. And you're seeing it and I'm seeing it more now than ever before because of how divided the country is. And when the country's divided, it's not uncommon for a household to be divided. And it adds a lot of stress and a lot of difficult conversations. And people have strong opinions. And it's always a question, do you talk about it or do you not talk about it? But it's taking a toll on relationships and marriages. Yeah, and maybe this is, I know the vaccine's on the way, but maybe this is a good year to be having the virtual Thanksgiving rather than the actual big Thanksgiving because because th this could be the, the, the peak of it all because you've still got the, the people that are, are supporters, loyal supporters of Trump are a lot of them getting on the bandwagon and bandwagon and saying that the election was rigged or whatever. So, you know, you could have a lot of drunk uncles and drunk aunts and, and, and older people arguing with millennials over Thanksgiving dinner worse than ever before. No, um, it's true. Yeah, and, yeah. and now they'll just be, uh, you know, drunk and arguing over right. zoom, but, but at least nobody, <laughs> everybody will be talking over each other. So. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> It is Evan Shine from the law firm of Berkman, Botker, Newman, and Shine. And by the way, his website, and if you want more information about Evan, you should go to berkbot.com. That's B-E-R-K-B-O-T.com. And the upcoming podcast, Shine On. Just search for it wherever you find your podcast. Shine, once again, that's S-C-H-E-I-N, Shine On Divorce. We're certainly looking forward to it here at Pod 617. And um, Evan, you got a few more minutes to stick around and play a round of good stuff? Of course, absolutely. All right, we will do that segment each. Evan, Evan and I will both recommend something good to lift your spirits during the pandemic. Before we get there, let me remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go. If you want your own podcast, you can be the next big podcast star just like Evan Shine. Well, maybe not as great as Evan's podcast, but you can approach it. You can. Now is the time a lot of people are deciding to do that project. Podcasting is a, a great way to connect with your contacts. You will have your guests featured on the show. They will be dazzled, and we send you out a quality USB mic to get started. All the information you need to know is at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. All right, let's play a round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff.
It's a happy day to be playing good stuff because there is a lot of good stuff going on now for once. But, Evan, do you have something to recommend to our listeners, whether it be something you've done or consumed or seen during the pandemic? What do you have for us? David, you're right. It's a Monday, and, you know, it's there's a lot of good stuff, you know, a lot of optimism. You know, for me, I'm a sports junkie, mm-hmm. you know, and I work with, you know, athletes and, you know, uh, you know, in the professional sports world and entertainers. And for me, you know, in the pandemic, you know, what I missed was being able to go to a ball game, right? Mm-hmm. Go to a ball game, you know, a live sporting event. But, you know, for, for, for me, the good stuff is, is I've been glued, you know, to, to the football season. Mm-hmm. I've been glued, you know, to the basketball, you know, playoffs and championship when that resumed. And I think it's about finding your outlet, you know, something that you loved before the pandemic, not letting it go, you know, and and whether it's, you know, going out for a run, you know, cooking, finding a new hobby. For me, it was maintaining the love for sports that I've always had, that I grew up with. And, you know, I love sitting down and, you know, watching, you know, a football game on football Sunday. It's still you know, like it's, it's still religion, you know, to me, you know, my household and, you know, sure there's no fans or limited fans in the seats, but that doesn't take away the enjoyment that, you know, I have, um, by Mm. turning on the TV on a football Sunday, um, and watching the game. I agree. I've been watching the NFL pretty religiously this year and we may finally have something in common. Well, I should ask you Jets fan or Giants fan. I mean, it, it, they're both so bad this year. It's almost, uh, you know, it almost doesn't matter. But, but I am a, uh, I, I'm a Giants fan. Okay, well, better than being a Jets fan right now, and you know, maybe now we have so- something we can share. I mean, the, the well, the the Giants famously thwarted Tom Brady not once but twice in his in the claim for the Super Bowl. Those unforgettable games last night. Um, you know, as we record this on a Monday, last night. Brady and the Buccaneers taking on Drew Brees and the and the Saints and it couldn't have gone worse for Brady and I don't know if he <laughs> caught any of that game but man he it, I mean it wasn't just Brady the whole team was overwhelmed but Brady just just kept getting sacked and so now you know I uh, including you Evan I have a lot of friends in in New York a lot of them I went to college with and either Giants or Jets fans they all hate Tom Brady and now I don't really care for him so much either. I mean, when he retires, the memories, nothing going to take away the memories. But he left us. So to the, the, the New England, some New England fans are still rooting for him. I say to hell with it. He's not on our, he's not our quarterback anymore. So, no. so you must enjoy seeing him on his uh, uh, getting hit and lying prone occasionally. <laughs> well, yeah, no. And, and look, I get it. I, I turned on the game last night, and I thought I was looking at a final score. I mean, I think this. I think the yeah. Saints were up, uh, you know, twenty-one nothing. I think the middle of the second quarter, you know, and I, you know, I thought I was looking at a final score there. Um, and that Super Bowl, Giants Patriots. I was at that Super Bowl, one of them mm. in Indianapolis several years ago. One of the greatest games that I've been to. Um, which was phenomenal. Um, For you. you. Yeah, for you. For me. (laughs) In fairness, you mentioned you're not a a huge Tom Brady fan. But the thing I would say about Tom Brady, whether you love him, you loathe him, and I put myself kind of in that middle, you know, area. You know, Mm -hmm. to me, the Cowboys, you know, the Redskins, the Eagles, division rivalries of the Giants – you know, th- those are the teams that, you know, um, that I, that you love, right? Yeah. You know, they're division yeah. robberies. Brady and the Patriots 
I respect the tradition. I respect the history. I respect the work ethic. And look, the stories and, and the books are out there about when Tom Brady gets up in the morning and his, you know, regimen and his workout routine and his eating routine and Belichick and Kraft. I respect the whole organization and what they've done because I don't know if you'll ever see it in sports sure. ever again. Yeah. And to maintain that level of winning in an era that's built, you know, for a league that's built around parity, mm. competition, free agency in the draft, I give the whole organization credit. Um, but with that said, it was also nice to see him on his back a few times. Last night. <laughs> not, not to mention the Patriots uh, standing at two and five at the moment. We who knew that we'd get you know the when when you and I were growing up, and I'm a little older, Evan. But when you and I were growing up, the the Jets and the Patriots were perennially good teams, and that that matchup now there's a matchup tonight again on Monday as we record this. You got two and five against zero and eight, and yuck. Anyway, uh, for my suggestion on good stuff, I'll recommend. So I'll keep with the football theme since Evan said it, and I'll share a trailer for a show that's on Netflix. It's been around for a while, but you may have missed it. it Last Chance You is the name of the documentary series, and it's about junior college football. And we'll just play a little bit of, of this, and Evan, you can watch, and the listeners can listen. Oh, my goodness. 25 straight victories. Three national championships. first time I came here when I crossed those railroad tracks you see this football stadium guys from division one who had been in trouble fails a drug test flunks out of school who disappeared for a couple years and then show up again at Alabama or the New England Patriots this is where they come from Once you win three, the expectation is to win a fourth national championship. We graduate everybody that's supposed to graduate, and everybody goes D1. You don't get this but one chance now. You don't get one chance at what we're trying to do. You got me? So maybe that's a good time to pause it. But, um, I mean, you get the point. It, it's a look inside junior college football. And it's and being a sports fan, I, I'm a huge one as well, Evan. But you don't give much thought to what goes on at junior college football. And it, it is, though, what, what the title suggests, Last Chance You, and as you heard in the trailer, a lot of players who actually have NFL-level talent but are not playing in major pro uh, college – not pro – college major college programs because of something they had an incident they had bad grades they had maybe an addiction problem or something and there are these fascinating stories the coach has taken incredibly seriously some of them too seriously have you caught this yet evan i haven't seen yeah. it but i yeah. but i have to tell you i have the chills watching that clip yeah. i mean it's it, <laughs> it's phenomenal i mean and look we live in a world you know built around you know second chances and mm. um you know, and you hear stories like that, and yep. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, it's it's um, as you described, they're endearing stories. A lot of the most of the kids are what you'd actually call good kids, and you heard a female voice in there. She's like the guidance counselor of the the school, and becomes very close with these kids. And then some of them make it, and then you know, admittedly, some of them don't. But it's just uh, it's great stuff. It's great drama um at one point i had to pause it because i thought i heard this team eastern mississippi state or whatever they're what they are 
they're playing this other team and the, the quarterback on the other team, I thought I heard the announcer say Minshew and I backed up and I froze it. And it was Gard- Gardner Minshew, who of course he made it to the NFL wow. and the quarterback for the Jags and a uh, young Gardner Minshew went to Juco first. Anyway. So um, that's maybe enough uh, football for the day, but um, it's not enough podcasting. And if you're a fan, you have to check out Evan's new podcast. Again, it's shine on. You'll find it anywhere you find your podcasts. Evan, I hope you had fun. This was a blast. Thank you for having me. For me, too. And, of course, if you want more info on attorney Evan Shine, go to berkbot.com. That's B-E-R-K-B-O-T dot com. If you like this podcast, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com. We produce here right out of our Westwood Mass Studios and, of course, virtually all around the world. On behalf of Evan, one of the few people I like in New York. No, that's not true. Uh, My name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. If you're not, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. It's happy day. We can be happy finally. I said everybody.